All right, Alexander, let's talk about the elections in Turkey. Uh, no surprise, Erdogan uh, has been re-elected. And uh, I, th I think the big story in all of this, the way I look at it, is that Erdogan got re-elected even though the economy is in a, a very bad shape. And uh, he got re-elected pretty much because he took an anti-West stance and a pro-neutrality stance with regards to the war in Russia and Ukraine. Now, Erdogan has, as you've said many times, a very complicated, complicated relationship with Putin. And we understand that Turkey was on opposite sides with Russia and Syria. We understand that Turkey does uh, or has been, I don't know if they still do, uh, providing weapons to Ukraine. For example, the Bayraktar drones and stuff like that. But even though it's been a complicated relationship and they have been on opposite sides, uh, Erdogan and Putin, publicly the position of Turkey, officially and publicly, the position has been that they're going to mediate uh, some sort of ceasefire and they're going to remain neutral and not sanction Russia. So what are your thoughts on uh, the elections in Turkey? I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, the first thing to say is, I mean, Erdogan, Erdogan has been around for a very long time now. He's been leader of Turkey in one form or another, either as prime minister or as president or as somebody who's operating there in the background. There was a time when he was at, wasn't holding either of these posts, but he was clearly the leader. Anyway, he's been there for decades. So he's become a permanent, big, powerful force in Turkish politics. And he's survived all kinds of challenges. He survived a coup attempt in 2016, as we all remember. But I think it's also clear that he's come, he's coming very close now to the end of his natural political life. I mean, he looks old and tired. Um, I, you know, I, I, I say that, you know, that isn't a criticism of him. It's just that somebody who's been in politics for that long, it's unsurprising that they're starting to look tired. The economy, as you correctly say, has been in a bad way. There's been pressure on the lira. The currency has been uh, depreciating. There's been very high inflation in Turkey. That's had a big effect on living standards in Turkey. Then there was the business of the earthquake earlier this year, which many people, I think, with some probably some justification, felt that this was... The, the very high death toll was due in part to poor construction standards. He's been the leader of Turkey for these last decades. Many of these buildings were built over the period when he's been leader of Turkey. He is to some extent responsible for those poor construction standards. And of course, there's always been the insinuation that he's been partly responsible, that his family, members of his family, members of his government have been heavily involved in construction themselves. Last but not least, there's been concerns about his foreign policy. He led Turkey into an intervention in Syria that hasn't gone very well. There's large numbers of refugees from Syria in Turkey today. There's been criticisms of him about that. So if you put all that together... Logically, despite the fact that, as I said, he is an extremely skillful politician, he's a dominating personality, but he should have lost. And in a normal political situation, um, one would have expected him to lose. 
he didn't lose. He won. He he got a convincing uh, uh, num- larger amount of support over the opposition candidate in the first round. And he's won a clear victory in the second round. So why did he win? Well, the short answer is because on the big geopolitical foreign policy issue, he has been careful to keep Turkey out of the West's conflict with Russia. He's maintained good relations with Russia. He's built this nuclear power station with the Russians. He's negotiated Turk's stream with the Russians. Lots of Turkish construction companies operate in Russia now. One hopes that they're operating to a high standard, by the way, in light of some of the things I said before. But I'm not going to get there. Uh, he's got all of those. So all of that worked to his advantage in this election. The opposition tried to give the impression that they were not going to disrupt this relationship with the Russians. I don't think people in Turkey fully believe them. I think the fact that we have The Economist putting up, you know, um, front pages saying Erdogan must go, uh, um, um, pictures that, you know, have been uh, uh, stories about John Bolton and his team in Washington, this attempt to try and remove Erdogan in some way. Anyway, it all became very clear, as, by the way, it did in the 2016 coup, the time of the 2016 coup, that the West doesn't like Erdogan and that they would like him out of power and that they see Erdogan as the primary obstacle, if you like, to reattaching Turkey to the West. And that was unacceptable to a critical mass of people in Turkey, a a majority, as is now clear, and the result was that he's been re-elected. So, I mean, you you have to unpack that, but it's absolutely clear. I'm going to say something else. I mean, um, it's clear to me that this election result was not rigged. I mean... You don't rig an election result and give yourself 51.7%, which is what Erdogan has done. I mean, so I don't think anybody seriously believes that this has been a rigged election. Um, And as I understand it, the opposition has now accepted the result, which looks like somebody's made a decision. If anybody was thinking about a colour revolution attempt or anything like that, they've put that to one side because they understand that a critical majority of the Turkish population are opposed to it and that the key power structures in Turkey would would be opposed to it as well. So, Western policy, Western attempts to get Erdogan out have instead extended his period in office. Arguably, and I, you know, I say this with, you know, due respect to him because... You know, I have some acknowledgement of Erdogan's abilities, uh, arguably beyond its natural life. If he hadn't had that kind of opposition, he would probably have lost this election and Turkey would have had a different government. That That's my um, overall view of this. Yeah, if he had someone running against him who who also took uh, an anti, anti-war neutral stance with regards to Russia and Ukraine... He would have he would have had trouble. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. So what's what's next? Stay well, the what's, course. You'll stay the course. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, Erdogan is not the kind of man I think who, once re-elected, <laughs> leaves office. I mean, he might. He might. I mean, fall ill. He might become ill. He might. There's all those. There's all those uh, issues to bear in mind. But I think he will want to remain president for the remainder of his term. I, I'm, and I'm sure he will. Now, given <laughs> that his reasons for being re-elected were the ones we've just said. I cannot imagine that he will want to change the direction of Turkey's policies. I mean, why would he want to change Turkey's geopolitical direction, given that it's obviously supported by a critical mass of people in Turkey, by the very people who voted him back into power? So what we're going to see is a, a warming, a further warming of relations between Russia and Turkey, We've now had the Azerbaijan-Armenia conflict. Well, there's still problems. Um, uh, Pashinian, who's the leader of uh, um, Armenia, has made some critical comments about Russia failing to open up the Lachin Corridor, all that kind of thing. He says that the draft treaties with Azerbaijan have not yet been finalised. But I think that the reality is, sooner or later, that whole situation is going to be normalised. That's going to remove one important remaining issue between Turkey and Russia, because, you know, the southern Caucasus is going to be stabilised. And at the same time, the next big step, the one that we're all now waiting to see, and it's going to come, I suspect, sometime over the next couple of weeks, is this three-party meeting at Assad, Erdogan and Putin. And the Turks have been talking about this. Apparently, they don't want the Iranians there. Not because they're not friendly to the Iranians, which they are, by the way, but it's because Erdogan wants it to be a summit meeting between himself and Assad, and he wants Putin there, presumably, as some kind of broker. So that's probably now going to be the priority, Erdogan's priority, and that of his diplomats. And I'm sure we're going to see it, because I think the Russians will be putting a lot of pressure on Assad to drop whatever objections he still has, or to try to you know, work out whatever objections he has so that that issue can be overcome. And I think we're going to see it over the next happen over the next couple of weeks. Assad himself also now knows that he's got to deal with Erdogan in the future. So he might have been hoping that the opposition might win. If he was hoping that, he now knows that's not going to happen. So he has to deal with Erdogan, and that means that he's got to meet with him. So over the next few weeks, I expect that summit meeting to take place. Big further step towards serious settlement. And also, I suspect we're also going to see Erdogan also taking big steps to sort out finally and conclusively the relations with the Saudis, um, MBS and Erdogan will want to make up and put the Khashoggi affair behind them. Yeah. Okay, so the the other big issue, of course, uh, Russia-Ukraine. And Newsweek came out with an article already, and they said this was a big win for Putin, <laughs> because obviously Putin is pulling all the strings. <laughs> and um, and th you have the, the, the neocons, the John Boltons, who I doubt they're going to give up their regime change efforts in, uh, in Turkey. So what's uh, what, what do you see go, going on there? I mean, one of the big 
one of the big uh, pluses for for Russia with Erdogan's uh, win is 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 the Black Sea. I mean, oh, absolutely. There I mean, were, it, yeah, there were rumors. I'm not saying this is what was going to happen, but if Erdogan lost, there were rumors that uh, the Black Sea may have been uh, an issue for for Russia in, in this conflict. They would have changed absolutely. their stance with regards to to the Black Sea and what ships can can enter and which ships cannot enter. So it. It is, I, I guess you could say, that this was a welcomed uh, outcome for the Russians. Obviously, it's not Newsweek level. Putin is pulling the strings. That's ridiculous. But obviously, the Russians are going to see this as, as okay. Stability. We know Erdogan, that's good. And the neocons, the European Union, the collective West, they're going to be uh, bitterly uh, upset and disappointed. Absolutely. I mean, can I just say, I mean, I think that the relationship between Putin and Erdogan is a very complicated one. At one level, they uh, clearly have a great deal of mutual respect for each other. At the same time, they've quarrelled, they've had arguments. Uh, um, uh, Putin has publicly admitted that he finds Erdogan a difficult man to work with. I mean, he's actually said that in public. So it's not been an easy relationship, but they have found that they can ultimately always find some kind of way of working together. The Russians have made a big investment in building up the relationship with Turkey. And at this particular time, with the war in the Ukraine, in Ukraine unresolved, um, there's no doubt at all that the Russians would have wanted Erdogan to win, and they will breathe a sigh of relief that he has. I mean, just to say, I don't know whether the opposition would have opened the straits. Perhaps they would have done. In which case, if you'd had British and American warships operating in the Black Sea, you know, even if they'd taken no direct role in the fighting, that would have been a massively complicating factor for the Russians. So, you know, they would not have wanted that. So, from every point of view, they're dealing with someone they know. They, the relationship that's been forged with Erdogan and with Turkey is going to continue. They're going to be able to sort out their problems in Ukraine, they hope, without the complications that might have arisen um, in the Black Sea, to the extent that Turkey does act as a transfer place for goods, which, you know, pass under the radar in terms of sanctions. Well, the Russians aren't going to be too unhappy about the fact that Erdogan is almost certainly going to continue that. There were problems with the Mir card earlier, the acceptance of the Mir card by Turkish banks, but that has apparently been resolved. So t Russian tourists can continue to go to Turkey. It's their major destination. The Russians will breathe a sigh of relief about this. They did not engineer this outcome. And to talk about this as a win for the Russians, for Putin himself, is to misunderstand the dynamic. As I said, this is a complex relationship. The Russians have had to devote an enormous amount of time to working with Erdogan. They've never found him easy. I'm sure that there must be days when Putin... People come along and tell him, you know, we've got Erdogan on the phone and he's very anxious to speak to you. And he must say to himself, oh, no, not again. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not been an easy relationship. But there it is. It is. It has been a relationship. It has worked. It is putting down roots. And 
from a Russian point of view, the very fact that Erdogan was able to win this election because he stands for good relations with Russia and for Turkey's neutrality in the Ukraine war is perhaps the biggest plus of all. Now, I just want to just mention here that it seems that the third candidate, Mr. Sinan Oan, and I understand that's the correct pronunciation of it, um, the key point to understand about him is that he clearly is someone who wants good relations with Russia. I've had a very helpful email from a viewer in Turkey, in Ankara, in fact, who's discussed this all at length, and it turns out that Mr. Oan uh, um, has connections with Azerbaijan. He's apparently um, on friendly terms with President Aliyev of Azerbaijan. But most importantly, he studied in Moscow. He obtained his PhD at the Moscow Institute of International Relations, which is Russia's most elite foreign policy school. He speaks Russian. He's uh, published books in Russia. He is someone who clearly... Um, has connections with Russia, knowledge of Russia, much greater knowledge of Russian affairs than Erdogan himself does. And the very fact that this person, whose background is well known in Turkey, there's nothing secret or mysterious about this, was able to do as well as he did in this election, and now is the kingmaker, in itself reassure the Russians that this is uh, a sign that this shift in Turkey's geopolitical position is for real, that this isn't something where it all depends on one man, on Erdogan himself. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll leave it there. <laughs> expected. expected. Yeah, expected. I mean, expected after, after the second round, it was expected. I mean... I, 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 first round, sorry. I, I always thought that Erdogan would probably win right up until just before the first round when we were getting all those opinion polls which were suggesting that he was in trouble. I have to say, I now think those opinion polls were not very accurate and perhaps intentionally so. I mean, we've seen manipulations of opinion polls happen in other countries and it seems to me that this was the same in Turkey. The fact is, Erdogan pulled through. He's probably not there for very much longer. This will probably be his, next, his last term. There is an issue of a successor. This person who wrote to me about Mr. Oan and provided details of his background, which, by the way, I've independently verified, just to say. I'm not relying just on one source about this. But this person who first alerted us to Mr. Oan's background has suggested that perhaps he's the man to watch, that he could be a rising star in Turkish politics, and that he's now well-positioned to become that when uh, Erdogan himself finally leaves the scene. I wonder if he's going to get uh, some sort of cabinet position or something. Well, well, that will be a very interesting thing. I mean, it's been suggested that he probably won't want to want it, but, well, whatever, we'll see. All right, we'll leave it there at theduran.locals.com. We are on Rockfin, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.